episode three. Do you want to share my coat? One of the first outings for Ray and I was to a concert. Definitely not a date. The night of the show was an exciting time for me. It was an opportunity to get dressed up, and being a music lover and a lover of, lover of clothes, I took great pride in selecting my attire for that day. During this time, my focus wasn't on Ray at all. I hadn't given him much thought until we were sitting next to each other in the concert. I met my now sister-in-law in the fall of 1979. She was a sophomore and I was a junior in high school. We met in gym class and became friends right away. She had given me a breakdown of her family members. I knew she was the only girl with seven brothers. Like me, she was the youngest in the family. And I think we bonded over the fact that we shared that birth order. We're still extremely close to this day. We talked about school activities and what we wanted to do after school. I had my driver's license and she was a year younger, a couple of years in age, but in age, school uh, grade, she was just a year younger. So I would pick her up for high school basketball games or after school events or even dances. And once while visiting their home, I had the chance to meet her brother, Ray. We didn't carry on much of a conversation other than saying hello, but later that day he walked into the room and he mentioned to his sister that he wanted to go to a concert and, and he wanted to know if she wanted to go. And she said yes. And he said, well, your friend can go too, like talking to me as if I really, I was there, but I wasn't there. Well, then he mentioned who would be uh, performing, he said it would be the Whispers and Phyllis Hyman, and I believe the Emotions at the time, too. And these were some of my favorite R&B groups. He also mentioned that I could come and sell. He said that uh, I chimed in and I said, well, I would love to go and just how much are the tickets? And he said, well, I'll pay for the ticket and I'll get the money later. I'm unsure of how Ray and I ended up sitting next to one another during the concert, but we certainly were enjoying ourselves, made a little small talk, but I noticed that he was cold. Michigan winters can be brutal, and this was December, which was frigid. And Ray was a sharp dresser, and this particular night, he decided not to wear his coat, probably not wanting to wrinkle up his suit and he was clean sharp from his head to his toe and he never during those days he never wore blue jeans only dress pants and a shirt so his dress shoes were shine and whether he wore tennis shoes or loafers they were always clean his clothes would be pressed and he always smelled good but i digress so this particular night uh, I leaned over and I asked him, I said, you look like you're cold. Do you want to share my coat? And he said, yes. And so I, again, I don't know how it ended up that we were sitting next to each other, but from that point on, um, I kind of knew that I was liking him, feeling him. He was such a nice guy. And so 
that day, uh, their neighbor had gone to the concert with us. And so sitting up in the front seat of the car was Ray, their neighbor. And then in the back seat was my sister-in-law, my then friend, but now sister-in-law and myself. And I I leaned over to her and I whispered, I said, I like your brother, but please don't tell him. Well, the way the story goes, she said, as soon as I got out of that car, when her brother dropped me home, that she told him, she said, Ray, Bev likes you. And he said, and I like her too. Well, the next day, uh, she called to ask if I wanted to visit, come visit. I said, well, I don't have a vehicle today. But she said, well, I believe Ray will come get you. And and he said to her, she called and she said, Ray, will you go pick up Bev? And he said, well, only if she calls and asks me herself. Well, during those days, we had teenage phones. You know, so many children in the house and the parents never had the opportunity to use their own phone. So they would buy what was called a teenage phone. And that way we could give up, give our parents back their phones and spend time, you know, having our little conversations. Well, I wound up calling him. I ended up calling him and I asked, would he come pick me up? And literally from that day moving forward, we were inseparable. William Shakespeare states, the eyes are the windows to the soul. From the first time I met Ray until the day he passed away, I could look in his eyes and I knew with certainty that he loved me. One month before Ray passed away, we were at a restaurant. This was a rare event because his strength had waned and we didn't want to go out for fear of infection. But I ordered breakfast and I had coffee as my beverage. The waitress set a large pot of coffee in front of me and Ray being himself reached for the container and with all of his might and all of his strength, hand shaking, he poured me a cup of coffee. This was his character, exactly who he was at heart. He was always thoughtful, and he I knew he loved me. It's just like no doubt in my mind ever that he that he didn't love me. Babyface has a song. It says, As soon as I get home. I used to tell Ray that song was written for him to me because he epitomized the lyrics. I would say, Please don't buy me anything for Valentine's Day or Swedish Day or any of those other so-called special days because you're good to me every day. I wish he was here to verify this. Quite frankly, he would be embarrassed with these compliments, but he would often tell people I was the most beautiful woman he ever met, and he would tell me that was as well. I never had to look any further from his lips to receive a compliment. They, he always had a wonderful compliment. Bev, you dress so nice. Bev, you look so beautiful. But always. One day I pulled up to the hotel where he worked and there was a young worker. And he said, Mr. Lawler, you're right. Later, Ray would tell me the previous week, the guy who was a bellman saw a woman who was checking into the hotel and he asked Ray, is that not the most beautiful woman you've ever seen? And Ray answered, no, my wife is. Again, I never had to look any further than his lips to receive a compliment. And we enjoyed each other's company. 
We both love sports, kind of fanatic about it. And we loved music. And we loved our family. And mostly we loved one another. I would see him walking across the street to get to my mother's home to visit. I would lay my eyes on him and the biggest smile would come across my face. And when he would see me, he would have the biggest smile on his face as well. We knew that we were each other's soulmate. We knew that we were meant for each other. We speak of Ray often, not because we are saddened or, or mourning his loss. Although we are, we're still sad that he's gone. But we, we're, we feel that we know where he is and we take comfort in that, that we know he's home with the Lord. The incredible sweet memories that he left behind is his legacy. It's what sustains us. It's what keeps us talking about him. When we started having children, Ray worked long hours. He knew I was home alone carrying that load. So he would make it easy for me. When he was home, he was definitely present. But at night, he would wash bottles and he would take the night shift of of late night feedings which I'm sure was his bonding time with his boys. We worked together like a well-oiled machine. We cooked together. We did homework and lawn care, and we didn't have gender-specific roles. It was all hands on deck. What you were capable of doing, you did. It just worked for us. I say all those things because, of course, it's hard to lose someone who's that impactful in your life But I know that if he was here today, he would want me to keep dancing. Thank you for listening.